Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now, let's hear some faith-building teaching from our pastors. The churches in Canada have been really persecuted where the gift of prophecy has, is concerned and has really tried to push it down and focus on rather what men are saying. And those words that men say have tried to be over what God has to say. But this is not going to happen anymore. One of the ways that changes is not just because we recognize that prophecies tried to be pushed down, but when we recognize who the king is, we have prayed about the things that hinder, the things that hold back, the things in our lives that perhaps cause us to feel inadequate or not fit. And those are the things that the blood of Jesus takes care of. God's putting his word, not just in our heart, but in, his, in our mouths to speak and decree. You know what? The enemy has got a clue about something that might happen, but he never stops God. Never. We can change it by our expectation that what God has to say is, is not just about what's going to go wrong, but what is right, what is true, what is hope, what is goodness. And those are the things as we adjust our expectations and we're not afraid of prophecy anymore. Because some have said, well, if they prophesy, they're going to say bad things and, and we don't want to know what's coming. And some have hid themselves because of that. Because they're afraid if God speaks, he's going to say, I've done so much wrong. He can't use me. But that's not what he's saying. He's saying, we're preparing you to be the army he's called you to. He put his strength in us. He put his hope. He put his life in us. None of that is bad. So we change and we adjust our expectations. Rather than expecting disaster, we expect the goodness of God to manifest. We expect his glory to manifest in our homes, in our lives, in our family, in our friends. That's what we expect. We expect that when he speaks, things change. We're not looking to revival to be this moment of glory. And we're not asking for revival for personal, uh, you know, a personal re uh, place where we can go and sit now on a couch. Okay, God's done revival. He's waved his magic wand. And now we can all sit because he's got revival in the land. We can all feel better in the morning. That's not what revival's about. It's about a constant. We don't want a moment. We want a transformation. That's right. That's right. And that comes as we adjust and we expect Oh God, we cry out for this country, for an expectation change in your people. That we can be expecting that not only you are a good God, but that your goodness is manifest here on this time, in this time, in this time, in this place. Your goodness is longing to rise up in your people. We believe that. We believe that. We believe in your equipping of your people. We believe it, oh God. We believe it. Now as we go on and worship,
before we do, there are some, and I've just got to pray for them right now. I know the devil's been throwing a lot of rocks at people. We get that. This is what he does right before wonderful things happen. He tries to make sure you don't feel adequate for the course at hand. Some people have been struggling financially. Many people have been really struck with illness. Some are in their beds, even some from our congregation. And with different kinds of things that the enemy's attacking their bodies with. And I, I know of a few cases that are being attacked with cancer. And you know what? Cancer is just a name. It's under the name of Jesus. Amen. So let us come into agreement. Oh, God, we thank you. This day, that pain and the driving of pain, where it's trying to tell people how to think, what to do, and how to, how to manage. And, God, we thank you that you bore every pain. You bore every sickness. That people have been delivered right now of pain. They're being delivered of sickness. That they're rising off their beds whole. That pain is not the dictator anymore. That your word dictates healing. It dictates wholeness. It dictates life. I thank you for life coming in cells of bodies right now. Father God, I thank you. You are the miracle God. There is no other name like Jesus and everything else bows in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. We thank you for people rising out of their beds this day. We thank you for wholeness in bodies. Hallelujah. We thank you Lord, you are our healer. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. We expect goodness. Amen. On high. On high. not small and you're not small you're not small you're his child oh his child his child our king and father in all the ways that matter you are connected with him oh thank you Lord His life force flows. You're in that vine. That life force flows. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. There's going to be growth this year like you've never seen before. 
there have been some branches that you looked at because they looked flourishing and healthy and you thought this this is the place that God will surely use me but that time has over and those are being pruned and there are some areas that you're going to go that you had not foreseen before and then also some that God spoke to you a long long time ago and now is that time the time for those is it now it's for now those things that you put on the shelf and you thought that they would be for later or for now take them off the shelf look at them again don't let them get dusty shake them out pray about them again talk to God about them again They're real, they're true, but don't allow them to be put on the shelf and stay there. And as you start to take things out and shake them off and speak about them again with the Lord, you'll find that the answer is there. Just like when you shake out the laundry and an extra towel, uh, extra sock goes zoom. And you're like, oh, I didn't know that was there. You're going to shake out your, law, your, your things that God has shown you. And there's going to be things in there, jewels, precious jewels that you didn't know were there. And there's going to be words that are there. Words for you, words for you to tell other people. And things for you to do. And they're all going to be there only when you shake it out. And how? By praying, talking to God and meditating on those things that he showed you. No more are we going to take what he has and gives to us and fold it and put it in a spot on the shelf. But shake it out right away because there's precious things in it that are for now and that they're for later too. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Hallelujah. God's a good God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'll receive our tithes and offerings this morning. And, um, but I think I just will talk a little bit longer, and then I'll receive the tithes and offerings if that's all right. I just wanted to talk a bit more. Last time I preached, there was one little nugget that was so important and I want us to, I want to draw your attention to it again. And I'm, I get the opportunity to preach next week. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But anyway, um, the little nugget about how when God speaks to you and you, he tells you to do something and you go do something and it doesn't work how you perceived it to work out or someone flips out when you like, you tell them something that was from God and it doesn't go, it doesn't go as you had thought that that doesn't mean that you didn't obey God and do what he called you to do and asks you to ask you to do. And I want to just briefly go to um, uh, Philippians in the first, chap uh, first chapter, Philippians 1. I want to go here. And I won't find Philippians and Ephesians. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
And it says in verse 18, and I'm going to go into the Amplified, it says, For what does it matter so long as either way, whether in pretense or in all honesty, Christ is being proclaimed? And in that, rejoice, yes, and I shall rejoice also. For I am well assured and indeed know that through your prayers and bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my preservation, for this, my spiritual health and welfare and my own soul, and avail towards the saving work of the gospel. God speaks to you, and he has spoken to you. He spoke to you last year, the year before that. He's been speaking to you. And guess what? He's going to speak to you today and tomorrow and next year. And he's always speaking. And we can hear him. We are his sheep. We hear his voice. And another we do not follow. Don't doubt anymore. Don't doubt that you heard his voice. When he shows you big things, that's for you. That's not just for you, though. It's for the body, because you are a part of the body. And that's for you and for us. Because let, let, let me tell you, like an infected toe is unpleasant for the whole body. Not that we can connect because <laughs> from experience, but anyway. <laughs> but he has things that he's been speaking to you. But it's not just for you. It's for us. And don't, he, you're, it's what he's saying to you is not small. It's precious and big. No more, oh, I'm just going to do this little thing. I'm just going to give this little offering like the woman. The woman with the might didn't look at what the other people did. She looked at what she was doing, and she did what was right. You do what's right and what you know to do. And don't worry about anyone else. In here it says, For I am well assured and indeed know that through your prayers and bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, you have a bountiful supply. You have The tap has not been turned off. Jesus is not like, okay, I'll just turn it off here so I can give this one a bigger flow. No. It's all flowing all the time. Living waters flowing more than enough for you. But what does it matter? You heard from him. You heard from him. You did it. Don't allow an outcome to dissuade you from what God told you to do. We think in linear terms. A lot of us think that way. And what is linear? It's just a line. Cause and effect. We pray, we do this, this happens. We look and go, it didn't go as expected. So what did I do wrong there? Well, maybe it's not done yet. Mm -hmm. Jesus said he's the Alpha and Omega, both at the same time. Can we, in faith, know that we have it when we don't have it? Can we know and trust that it's there 
even when circumstances and, and people and things say it's not true. Who do you believe? Who do you believe? Financial pressure is financial pressure. It presses, but it can't destroy. It can't take you out. And it is, doesn't mean that you're not prosperous. But God was the Savior when Isaiah wrote he was. God was the Savior when he was a little baby. Just as he was when he was on the cross. You're his child now. You're going to be tomorrow. You were yesterday. You were through it all. And, you, and he took care of you. And he will take care of you through it all. For I am well assured and indeed know that through your prayers, a bountiful supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my preservation. Always his word will turn out for your preservation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's not like a preserve that you're like, you got, you're, you're in, the, in the ocean and you got the little orange ring. It's not that kind of preservation. <laughs> it's not where you're just sitting, you just got your head above water. No, his preservation is better for the spiritual health and welfare of your soul and avails towards the saving work of the gospel. This in keeping with my own eager desire and persistent expectation and hope that I shall not disgrace myself or be put to shame in anything. Someone's reaction to your obeying God is not your shame. Amen. It's not your shame. It's someone else's that Jesus can take care of. But anyway, <laughs> it's not yours. Just as the outcome, someone freaking out because you obey God, or you obey God and some circumstance happens, that does not negate your obedience and his good preservation of you and your soul. I will not be put to shame in anything, but that with the utmost freedom and speech and unfailing courage, not as always hereto, uh, now as always hereto, um, heretofore, Christ will be magnified and get glory and praise in this body of mine and be boldly exalted in my person, whether through life or by death. Can, we can say this. This is for us too. Let's, let me just insert ourselves in that. In keeping with our own desire and persistent expectation and hope. Do you have a persistent desire, a desire and expectation and hope? That we shall not disgrace ourselves nor be put to shame in anything but that with the utmost freedom of speech and unfailing courage, now as always heretofore, Jesus will be magnified and get glory in our bodies and be boldly exalted in our persons. Boldly in our person be magnified. Don't a circumstance doesn't mean that God's not magnified in your person. 
He's magnified in you. Do, I'm encouraging you this morning to do what God has told you to do. Do not be afraid of what other people may say or do or the circumstances that can arise because they are meaningless. And it's not over yet. Some of you are dealing with circumstances, but it's not over yet. They have to bow to the name of Jesus. And he is so much more than circumstances. So allow God to be at work in you. Don't be afraid what man can do because it's so much more better for him to be glorified in you and his name be lifted up because you obeyed. And we're going to live that way in 2023 and beyond. We're going to do that. And we're not because fear of man has put the church where it is right now. Fear of, of man has caused the church to be powerless. But not this church. Not this church. And we're going to speak his name. And we're going to glorify him. And we're going to see lives changed. Sometimes things change. And so we just learn to go with it. We're not, people just don't like change, not too much. They really don't. We like things to stay the same. <laughs> we like to know the next time it's going to look like what we do. Thank you. Yep. Because of the way that the gift of prophecy is operated and such like that, people have got very nervous, as I was saying earlier before. And, and with that, uh, with the silencing of the mouth, today I stand here with the pastors as I want to bring you this word because we stand together. Unity doesn't come by decision or by people sitting around a table deciding what they agree on. And voting. Yeah, voting does. We've seen that. Doesn't work on any, uh, on any reference. No casting lots. It says in Ephesians, actually, that when the, the gifts that God is, Jesus gave to the earth, that when they come and they're moved by the Holy Spirit, that's where unity is. And so when you have the Holy Spirit working in you, you'll come into that unity. You'll be of the same mind. You won't have 10 different ideas going on. And so with that, I want to tell you what the Lord told me this week. I believe it's very important. That's why I wanted the children to be here because it's important for them as well. Now, how many people know I've been to Africa, right? I've had crusades there. I've seen many miracles. I've seen people who didn't have eyes get eyes, you know, and they see. People born blind, people born deaf, people with lumps and this and that all over their body being healed. I've seen it in so many numbers, not just once, but many. I've seen many miracles in my life. When the Lord started moving in miracles, uh, and I was just, I wasn't even a pastor. I just believed his word. And, and God said, go pray for that person. Then they were healed instantly. I didn't know it would be any different. I just thought that's how it was. Amen. Recently at our dinner, a lady asked for prayer. And she was immediately, the pain left her body. She was a little surprised. <laughs> she was, you know, okay, you know, I've been prayed for before kind of deal. 
But immediately, she, oh, 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 my, it does feel, oh, you know, and that was wonderful. And, and Sister Nora shared with us uh, at the dinner the other night that her mom had come forward for prayer, and, and she'd struggled with a breathing difficulty for a long time, but she is walking. She has no breathing difficulties. Amen. And so this week it started as I was reading the book of Acts in the very first verse, chapter 1, verse 1. It says, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. And when you said Alpha and Omega, that's what jumped. You see, what he began, he's completing through us. What he began. He's completing through us. And this year, he said, we are stepping into a season of miracles that I have never seen before. And I know it was his voice. And I know and I am absolutely certain that it was the voice of God. That we are stepping into a season. It wasn't just myself, but we are stepping as the body of Christ. We are stepping into a season of miracles that we have never seen before. And it's coming from this verse of all that he began both to do and to teach. He is completing through us in the earth. I believe this is from heaven. I believe if you receive this word, it will begin this moment that you hear. I knew the moment he spoke it into my heart, the reality of it and the depth of it. And I know we're going to see things promised come to pass. This is our time. And I'm thankful and grateful for ears that hear. For people that stand in one by the Holy Spirit. That he is birthing the unity he began. That he began. When Jesus gave gifts to men, he began a process of unity in the body. That he will complete as we both stand in the things that he did and began to teach. Because we're going to do and we're going to teach. And we're going to stand in that. We are going to see a completion because unity is for the earth. It's not for heaven. We'll be unified there. But there is a unity that he has called us to in this earth. There is a place where we stand as one in this earth. And he began this great thing. And we get to walk in it. Hallelujah. Would you just stand up? As we receive this word, hallelujah. Changer of minds. Restore of souls. Restore of souls. Restore of souls. 
as we receive the resting of your mantle at this time, the national mantle, the national voice that you are birthing in this place to speak and to do, to teach and to do, to decree and to do. Let it come forth in Jesus' name. We receive what you are doing in our midst. We receive the miracles. We receive your season. We receive your time and your timings. We receive them. And we will stand in them in faith. We believe your word. We believe what you have spoken. I'm reminded of a scripture that talks about the tribes of Israel and how Benjamin was the smallest of the tribes and yet they were at the front of the procession of tribes as they went out in victory and celebrated. And we may be small in this place, but I believe that the Lord can put us at the front, praise God, and lead in what it is that He's doing in victory in this place. So think not of how small we may be in appearance, but think only of how great our God is. Hallelujah! He doesn't look at you and see how small you are. You are to look at Him and see how great and mighty He is, praise God. And then it will be said of you that you have done great things in our midst, O Lord. You have done great things. You have taken what is small and you have made it mighty and tremendous and great in our sight. Hallelujah. All God's people say amen to this. Glory to God in this. So be it in this house. So be it in our lives. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right. <laughs> you may sit down. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. And children, you can depart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think you should go now. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I know the children... Um, are going to be so blessed today. We were so blessed by their singing the other night. It was so wonderful. Hallelujah. So the service, as we mentioned before, is a little bit different today. Um, and just so you know, I want you to know that as pastors here, when we get up and say, we don't talk to each other about what we're going to say. I just want you to know that. Because sometimes... It just works together so well that you think, oh, they must have talked about what they're going to talk about before they get up to preach or say or do anything. And the truth is, we don't. We don't share our notes with each other and say, okay, on Sunday, we're gonna, I'm going to talk about this. What are you preaching on? If we're doing a joint thing like we're doing today, we don't, we don't do that. We don't do that, and then someone get up and prophesy, and it just happened to be what we were preaching on because we shared notes with one another. It doesn't happen that way. It's because it's the same Holy Ghost, praise God, speaking to all of us. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, I have a lot to share with you in a very short amount of time. Well, you should be used to that by now. That shouldn't be any, anything new to you. And uh, I have too many scriptures, so what I'm gonna, just going to do is I'm going to start sharing my heart, and when scriptures come up, we'll turn to them if need be. And that is this. Uh, what was impressed upon me as I was praying for this meeting in particular 
was the fruitfulness of God's word. God's word bearing fruit in our lives. So, and actually the first verse that I had was in Colossians. So why don't we start there? Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And we'll use this as a springboard. Hallelujah. So, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 5. In the second half of verse 5, the sentence begins, of this, referring to the hope that we've heard of, you heard in the past in the message of the truth of the gospel. So, who here has heard the gospel before about who Jesus is and what he's done for us? Okay, this is, this is a good start. So, you yourselves have heard the word of truth. Have you not? Do you remember what that was like when you realized this is true? Jesus is alive and he is Lord, right? You remember what that was like because you heard it then. So he goes on to say, this gospel, which has come to you, indeed in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and still growing. Now Amplified adds in here, by its own inherent power. Even as it has done amongst yourselves, ever since the first day you heard of it and came to know and understand the grace of God in truth. He's talking about the word of God bearing fruit in our lives. So what do you imagine that that looks like? We talk about the word of God bearing fruit. That sounds nice. What does it mean? It's easy when we talk about specific words. Who here has heard words of healing? Words of healing. And what do they sound like? Give me some examples. You are healed, right? Words of healing like, by his stripes we have been healed. Words of healing like he sent his word and healed you. Words of healing like Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he healed them then, he heals us now. These are words that you have heard concerning healing. Have you heard those words before? Right? He who has ears, let him hear. Now, I'm assuming everyone here has ears on the side, these little paddles here, on the side of your head. So if you have ears, then hear. If you have ears, hear the word of the Lord. Hear what it is that he's saying to you. Hear him. Because there's many people that have ears and don't hear. Not physically, but with their heart, don't hear. And the word has gone forth, and the word keeps going forth, and the word, whatever, about healing, about salvation, about deliverance, about prosperity, about peace, about a number of different things that God has provided for you and I, and you hear and hear and hear, but are you only hearing with these ears? Or are you hearing with your heart? Because if you hear with your heart, guess what? The word gets in there. And if it gets into the soil of your heart, it will produce that which you heard in your life. How have we been hearing? Have we just heard nice sermons and made us feel good for a day or two and encouraged us so we can get through our week? And then we go on until we have to come back Sunday again. Thank God Sunday's coming because I need a word from the Lord to carry me through from week to week. Or... Are you hearing him, and is that changing your heart and beginning to bear fruit in your life? 
So if you've heard the word of healing and that word bears fruit in your life, what is the fruit? What's the fruit? Sure, change, but it's healing specific here. I'm using example as healing. Healing in your physical body. Right. If you hear Jesus heals you and you hear that with your heart, it will produce what in your body? Healing. Fruit. The fruit of God's word in your life. It produces its seed. It produces after its own kind. So it's going to produce that. Right? Isn't this so? How much word have you heard? What kinds of things have you heard? What are you hearing? Because what you're hearing and how you hear it is what's being produced in you today. The words that were spoken in the past, the words you heard in the past, you're in the harvest of today if it's in your heart. Now, we think of that often in terms of just what belongs to us. What concerns us? We think of that in terms of, well, you know, I need this in my life, so I'll hear some good scriptures on healing. I need healing in my body, and that's for me. And yes, it is for you. But did you know God wants fruit in your life because he wants a harvest? Well, you heard the scripture this morning. He sent his, his word, and it doesn't return void. Just as the rain comes down and waters the ground and the seed is in the ground and it produces a crop and then people gather it up and make bread to eat out of it, it produces a result, right? So does his word in you when you hear it. It produces a result in you and he himself is looking for that result. He is looking for fruit in your life. He doesn't plant a tree and expect no fruit. That's right. Yes? Is this true? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. You are that tree. What's that? He, yes, exactly. Fruit that didn't bear, a tree that didn't bear fruit, he said, no man eat from you ever again. And it died. Let that not be our testimony. Right? Isn't this so? But you see, the Lord is looking for a harvest. He is the Lord of the harvest. And he's looking for one. He's looking for a harvest in our lives. He's looking at me. And he's thinking, I've put a lot of word in there. Where's my harvest? Now, we might hear and say things like that. I've planted financial seed in the soil. Where's my harvest? And yeah, okay, great. But what about the Lord talking to you? And putting word in your heart and saying, where's my harvest? How much have we heard versus how much we have produced? Where is the harvest? Where is his harvest? Where is his harvest? So we, you know, we know that verse. He's the Lord of the harvest, praise God. And we quote that, and it's wonderful. He is the Lord of the harvest. Absolutely. So send laborers out. And, and I, we, we, when we're using that verse, we're thinking about our unsaved loved ones usually. 
And we're praying that God would, would go and put people in their field so that there would be a harvest there. But that, but, and I understand what we mean when we say that, and I'm sure he's, he hears us. But the Bible says that it's his field. He is the Lord of harvest. Send out laborers into his field. His field. He's looking at this earth, and he's looking for a harvest of people. A harvest of souls that become his. He's looking at our lives, and we are his field. And he's looking for a harvest of fruit in our lives. He's been sowing into us. You've heard good preaching from the pulpit here over and over. You listen to it on your own from other places. He's sown good seed into you. Praise God. And he wants a harvest. He wants fruit that abounds to your account. Hallelujah. He wants a harvest in your life. Not only can you enjoy that, but he enjoys it when there's a bountiful fruit of righteousness in you. When you go about your life, praise God, you've been sowing to the Spirit as the Bible says. You've been sowing and not getting weary because you haven't seen anything happen yet. But you've been doing good and you've been faithful. You've been kind to one another. You've been walking in love and in patience. You've been, yeah, you've been doing what is right. You've been resisting temptation. When you've been doing these things, when your heart is right, when your attitude is good before God, and you're living to please Him, hallelujah, you begin to bear fruit. So don't give up when you look around and go, well, I haven't gotten my, uh, you know, I was expecting God to, to help me find financially and it just hasn't come along yet or I'm still struggling with the sickness that keeps going on and on if you're complaining about those things you're looking in the wrong place praise God get your eyes off the harvest that you think you need to produce for yourself get your eyes on the harvest he's looking to get from you and let him take care of your stuff let's get our eyes on his stuff and get our eyes off our own so that he can look after us when we're looking after his stuff that's how covenant relationship works. Covenant relationship is made that way. It's not about what you can do for me. Covenant is what I can do for you because I also know that you're going to do for me. It's the same way with our great covenant God. So let's not be so concerned about where's my harvest. Remember who you're talking to when you say where's my harvest. You know, he knows how to plant seed. You know, he's a good vine dresser, the one who keeps and sculpts and trims off the stuff that doesn't grow so that, it, so that the stuff that's good can be more fruitful. You know, he's the one. He's the, our father is the vine dresser, praise God. He knows how to sculpt you. He knows how to make you. He knows how to cause you to bear fruit. Let's get our eyes in the proper place. This year coming up, let it be one of fruitfulness in us, fruitfulness in our lives, fruitfulness in our ministries, fruitfulness because God is the one at work producing in us. Let's have our focus in the right place. He wants to restore the land to us, the land of blessing to us. He doesn't want it to be a barren wasteland where you're wandering around and I work and work and yet I have so little at the end. That's barrenness. When you work and work and have nothing to show for at the end, that's barrenness. When you struggle and you fight just to get and eke out a little bit, that is not fruitfulness. That's not abundance. That's barrenness. When you're confused 
and you don't understand and you wander around in circles. That is not the blessing of the Lord. That is not a harvest of righteousness. When, when, when you wonder, when, when you think about, all you can think about is how to survive. That is not the blessing of the Lord. That is barren land. Oh, please hear me. When you're distracted and all you can think about is your own needs and why hasn't it happened yet? You're living in a barren land. You're living in barrenness when that is your thought. He wants so much more for us. When you're concerned, uh, you feel defenseless and victimized and you wonder and you're in fear because of what is coming upon the earth and you're afraid of what's happening around you. You're living in a, in a city without walls and it's broken down. This is not the inheritance of the children of the Lord. Our inheritance is walled cities that defend against enemies. Our inheritance is fruitful vineyards that produce, praise God. That is our inheritance. Wells that are dug that draw fresh water. I'm talking symbolically, but you understand this means you have peace and joy in your heart continually. It is a constant source and flow of life within you. And it doesn't matter what's happening around you. And you're not concerned. And you're not only are you not concerned, but you have something to contribute. When people are down and upset and depressed, you have something to minister to them. When they are sick, you have something to pray for and see God heal them. When you are in a place where, hallelujah, you've got more than enough, you can contribute to the needs of other people. That is the blessing of the Lord. And these are the things that he wants for his people. He does not want you broken down. He does not want you barren. He does not want you without fruit in your life. He wants you blessed and able and strong and healthy and going forward and doing the work of the Lord in your life today. That is what he's looking for you. That's what he wants for us. This year shall be something like that if we will take the time to hear, if we will take the time to put God's word in our hearts and let it produce fruit, praise God. There is more than enough seed in this book to produce a harvest in your life. It pleases the Lord, and in pleasing him, you will be pleased yourself. Let your joy be made full, praise God. Let this be the year for that. So, as we're going to probably, I was going to think that we're going to do another song in between, but I would like you to stand up to, for a moment. You've heard me yelling at you for a good 15 <laughs> minutes straight now. And I hope you heard more than just me yelling at you. <laughs> Hear what the Lord is saying to us today. Here in this place. Say, Lord, I don't want that, I don't want that darkness in my mind anymore. I want you to say, Lord, I don't want that cloud hanging over my head. Lord, I don't want that confusion about where I'm to go with my life. Lord, I don't, I don't want this work and work and work and see no, no fruit. I don't want that anymore. I don't want to struggle with bad habits anymore. I don't want those things. Let that be your confession this morning. I will lead you in a prayer. Pray along with me in your heart, praise God, and let's respond to what the Spirit of God is saying. 
Father, in Jesus' name, we are your people. We are called by your name. Hallelujah. You are speaking to us. You have planted good seed in our hearts. We have ears and we shall hear. And we say that this year, we are throwing off the old stuff. We are casting away the doubt and suspicion. Oh, oh, hallelujah. We are casting away that doubt. We're not going to have a a double mind. We're not going to wonder here and wonder there. We're casting it off. Lord, we are your people. And we put our trust in you. Hallelujah. You are the Lord of the harvest. And we are your field. And you are producing a crop in us. And it shall be to your glory. And we shall be satisfied. We shall be a blessing. And we shall be blessed in it. So we receive healing for our bodies. We receive deliverance from oppression. We receive the peace of God in our heart. We have received the blessing of Christ. And our testimony shall be that Jesus reigns. Jesus reigns in our heart and our lives. And our lives shall show the glory of the Lord. Our lives shall show His abundance. Lord, I thank You for doing this work in us. I thank You for touching every heart. Touch every heart in this place, Father. Right now, touch every heart in this house. Touch every heart. If you believe that, I want you to receive that. Direct your attention to Him. Look to Him and receive it now. Look to Him and receive it now. We receive it, Lord God. We receive it from you. Thank you. Thank you. Expect great change in you today. Expect great change in you this year. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we give you honor. We give you praise. We give you thanksgiving. You are wonderful. You alone are glorious. You alone are wonderful, Lord God. Lord, we thank you so much. Lift your voices and praise him. Lift your voices and honor him for just this moment. Lift your voice and praise him. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are wonderful. Look to him and honor him. Lord, you are wonderful. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. We bless you, Father. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. You may be seated. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I have two testimonies before I talk about what the Lord's put on my heart to talk about this morning. The first comes from what Pastor Ann said. And it's not a testimony of something that's happened in my life. It's something that I, I heard um, firsthand from the person that it happened to. His name is Mark T. Barkley. Uh, Reverend Mark T. Barkley. You can watch him on Victory Channel on the Victory app. Um, he has a, a, sh- um, a half-hour preaching show on there. He was a Marine at one point in his life. Not saved. Very not saved. Had wanted to have nothing to do with God. Now remember, Pastor Ann said that um, that the response we get from being obedient to God is not indicative of us being obedient to God. It isn't a bellwether. It isn't a, a, a benchmark. It isn't an indication that we are being obedient to God. The, the response we get from people or from situations or whatever the case may be. So I believe that uh, Reverend Barkley was on base at this point, uh, a full Marine, um, having been in pseudo-military, the cadets, not like um, Darcy being in the regular forces, but even in cadets, I learned some things that I probably should have never learned in my life from cadets, how to swear, how to (laughs) do a lot of things like that, do a lot of, yeah. So just painting a picture of who Reverend Barkley was before, gruff, didn't care anything about God. But this group of evangelists came to his door I believe he was on base at this time, living on base in in, um, PMQs or quarters on base. And they knock on his door and he comes and they share the gospel with him. Well, he just went off on them. Just, just like cussing and swearing and you get off my doorstep and just not nice. Not nice whatsoever. And they, okay, God bless you. And they go away. I don't know how long it was. But the same people came back. (laughs) And they knock on his door. And he opens the door. And they witness to him again. And he cusses them out and tells them, and I believe at one point he pulled out his gun and cocked it and said, you better leave right now. Um, there aren't as many gun restrictions down in the United States as there are up in here. <laughs> and so they, God bless you, and they went away. 
and then they came back. <laughs> because they were hearing the Lord. And they came back a third time. And he got saved. He gave his life. And now he's a powerful man of God that does things all over the world and, and is an amazing preacher. Because they heard God and didn't listen to the response from the world. Amen? Important. Important for this year coming forth. Everything that I've heard about this year coming forth is about increase. Increase in evangelism. Increase in miracles. Increase in the moves of God. Increase. Increase. There's going to be more opportunities. They're going to come quicker. They're going to, they're, they're going to be more abundant through this year. Don't take your, your, don't respond to the world. Respond to God. Don't hear from the world. Hear from God. Amen? And the other testimony is from my life. And it comes from what Pastor Gwen was talking about at the beginning of Acts. What verse was it on? That was chapter one. Was it verse one? One, one. Okay, the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. So this goes back, Heather and I have been married, uh, it'll be 29 years this coming April. So this goes back uh, 29 and a half years, just before we got engaged and got married. Um, I, was, I was a born-again Christian, but I was not spirit-filled. And when, and when you are dating each other and one is spirit-filled and one isn't, that's basically unequally yoked. So at this point, Heather and I were not together for the summer of, of 1993. Uh, a friend of mine and I went to a camp on... Thetis Island, I think Cape and Ray, I believe is on the, yeah, we went to Cape and Ray for, <laughs> kind of funny, it was a singles weekend. <laughs> um, and this man, I have no idea who he was, but he, he was there to preach the whole weekend. And he preached from Jonah the whole weekend. And uh, I sat up at the front and I was listening and watching him the whole weekend and he had no notes. He just, he just opened the Bible to Jonah, and he would read some scriptures, and then he would just start to preach on those scriptures. I have no idea what he said. I can't remember what he said. But what I remember is being so amazed and fascinated that he just read the word, and was able to preach about it and bring it to real life and, and bring it to uh, alive, really. Bring the, the whole word alive. And so Heather at this point was believing for me to become spirit-filled. 
And I was just amazed with this man, this preacher, to the point where after the last sermon, I went up and talked to him. I said, so you just, you had no notes? He goes, no. And you had, you didn't have anything really prepared? He said, no, no. And I'm like, you just, you just read through the whole of Jonah and all of that came out. He's like, yep. I'm like, hmm. Hmm. You see, Jesus began both to do and to teach. He began it. And like Pastor Gwen said, we are carrying it on. That man was carrying it on. And he opened my eyes to the Holy Spirit at that moment. Where I realized that there was more of God for me than I had at that point. And coming coming down I, I, I was just so excited <laughs> I was so the first thing I did when I got home was I phoned Heather Pastor Heather and I told her what had happened and, and all this exciting stuff and it wasn't very long after that that I got baptized in the Holy Spirit uh, and Heather and I got back together very quickly after that and then, like, so the, this is only a couple months later, I proposed to her on October 12th of that year. And we were married April of 94, April 30th of 94. He's already begun to do and to teach. He's, he's working in every single one of us. He has something for every single one of us. We just have to say yes. We just have to pursue him. We just have to say yes and be there to hear him. He's wanting to talk to us. He's wanting us to bring us to that next point. He's wanting to bring us to the fullness of what he has for us. Jesus began to both to do and to teach, to show us and to teach us. And he's still showing us and he's still teaching us. We have an amazing year ahead of us that is, when we get to the end of it, it's going to be, we're going to be jumping for joy at what Jesus did in 2023. Jumping for joy. Praising God. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. He has a lot for us. We just have to be ready, willing, and able. Amen? And he will teach us. He will open our eyes to every aspect of what he has for us. How he wants us to grow. Amen? Amen. And I've really taken up all my time. So, Pastor Gwen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I don't have any notes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not unusual. Amen. Praise God. Well, we're going to have communion. And before we do that, just a few wrap-up words. Amen. I'm going to take and talk about communion from a bit of a different perspective from Acts chapter 4. What are you doing there? Well, verse 42. Oh, no, I'm, not, I'm sorry. I'm looking. I'm, I'm saying four, but I mean two. 242 for the person who is going to bring up the scripture. There are a couple of things that will keep strength in us and allow us to continue to build. And it's so, so clear and so clearly stated in Acts 242. And they continued steadfastly. 
continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and prayers. And fear came upon many. Many times when we come to the communion table, we come to, with as a very sober attitude. And that's, that's right to come soberly, to have ourselves examine ourselves before God and the Holy Spirit to say, hey, you know what? I know I've been in trouble before. I know I've done some things wrong. I know that I may not have always walked in kindness. We get that. When they come to continue, though, it's not about continuing and coming together. There was a place in these last few years where there were, it was very difficult to continue. But we pushed through. Amen? And you're here because you continued with something. Mm -hmm. Even if it was smaller than what you wanted. You continued to go on. You continued. And the, the place where we steadfastly pour ourselves or get into the word. One of the things that many believers get stuck in is, I did not read 20 chapters today. Am I still saved? I can tell you, yes, you are. <laughs> Amen. The continued steadfastly isn't about the amount of scriptures that you read, but how you steadfastly come before the Lord, how you pose yourself before the Lord, how you come and expect his word to come into your life. It's much better that you get one verse and you know that same verse later in the day. Right? You read it in the morning. Five minutes later, if someone asked you what you read today, you couldn't tell them. I'd rather you know at least one verse or at least a phrase out of one verse of what you read. Continue steadfastly. There's a place of purpose, a place where it breaks open. When we celebrate the communion and the communion table, this is about a place, all the things that you've heard, all the things that you've heard. When we look at the birthing of the church, they are so far ahead of us as a church today because we got wrapped up in all kinds of other things that weren't church. And the church bursts out, and they have all these exciting things. And, uh, and we just look at chapter 3, and Peter and John are so excited. I mean, they walked with Jesus for three years. That's all. Three years. Some of you have been with us longer than that. I've been with Jesus longer than that. And I haven't had my shadow get anybody healed yet. Amen? I've had a few people jump up and lame walk and all of that. But I also know that I've experienced some persecution. Some people didn't like my earrings. Oh, well. Um, yeah, but we're not there. Amen? So <laughs> we're going to continue steadfastly. One of the great precious things we have and the great answers that happened in the book of Acts is when things happened, they came back together. They didn't run apart. How many of us, you know what happens? And, and I can tell you, prophetic people, and lots of you have prophetic gifting in you. Something goes bad, you hide. I don't want to be around people. I don't want to look at them. I don't want to be with them. I smile, but from a distance. I don't know why so many prophetic people have introverted stuff going on, but we do, and... You think, I'm not an introvert, but there are times I like to be away from people. I think I'll hear God better. But if I can't hear God wherever, ouch, right? So we can't withdraw unless it's for prayer and fasting. <laughs> and not a lot of people are lining up for that. Amen? So we look at what happened in the book of Acts. They had a great old time, but people got mad at them, and they got thrown in prison. You know they got thrown in prison more than once, right? We have some pastors in Canada in this last few years who were went to prison 
for the gospel's sake. And praise God, they're out. Some of them are still standing against fines, and we believe for them too. Now, I didn't tell them what to do, and God, I don't know. I'm not their judge. And some people go, well, I don't like so-and-so. Well, it's not up to you to like him. Amen? They did what they believed was right. Let's stand together. Amen? I can tell you this. There are some things that I do that probably people don't like. And I'm not sweating it. Amen? Are there some things that you do that people don't like? I'm guessing so. <laughs> In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John's dealing with these people. And I like the way they deal with them. And then we're going to have communion about it. We're going to have a happy time. Because covenant is a wonderful thing. And it keeps us firm. Amen. In Acts chapter 3 and verse 11, as the lame man was, which was healed held Peter and John and all the people, they ran together unto them at the porch, greatly wondering. They were happy, man. And then everybody goes nuts because he gets healed. Verse 12, when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, you men of Israel, why are you marveling at this? Why you look so earnestly on us as though by our own power, it's dunamis power there, by the way, as though by our own thing. So we know that God, when he created men, we've got a little bit of something going on, but it's not his something. Or holiness had made this man to walk. We don't do it. I've never healed one person, not one, not ever. Not one. I've laid hands on people. God used those hands and flowed through me, and I saw wonderful things happen. But I've not healed one person, not ever, not one. Same deal. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered up, right? Now, this is boldness, folks. So there he is in front of his accusers. We did what God said. And the God that you like... You killed. Right? Whom you delivered up and denied him. They didn't just put him before the judge. They didn't even like him. We don't like you. We're denying you. We're pushing you out. I, I dare say that that same spirit that dwelled in Jesus dwells in us. And if somebody denies you the right to talk, go back three times, right, Pastor? <laughs> there was a man who believed in Jesus. He was a powerful evangelist. He worked in downtown Vancouver, downtown Eastside. And he would do just that. He knocked on my father's door. And the third time he said, if you don't accept Jesus today, I'm leaving and not coming back. It's your last chance. Because my dad had yelled at that guy, too. And he was cussing and drinking. And that's how my dad lost his friend's teeth with a beer bottle. But he had a plate later because God was good to him. And because he accepted Jesus, my mom accepted him. <laughs> and here I am. Look what it says in verse 14. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life whom God had raised from the dead whereof we are witnesses. When I talk about communion, you remember this. 
There are some who would still kill Jesus today. There are some who in a press, when persecution rises, will, will have fear. You talked about the fear of man. And partly happening because they got dry and barren. And under pressure, they'll cry for a murderer instead of Jesus. That's what they do. It's not uncommon we point our finger often at those who don't seem to serve God the way we think they, that they should. Or maybe this, or maybe that. But at the end of the day, when the pressure's on, we get a choice whom to call. Let us not be the ones who deny his name. Let us be the ones who cry out Jesus because we got the fire inside. And we know that when we got that Holy Ghost fire in us, ain't nobody going to push this baby down. <laughs> Amen. And when the pressure's on, we go, hey, we got his attention. When the pressure's on and, and people are pushing back and saying, nah, you like that Jesus? Absolutely. He saved me. There are people that we've stood alongside in this ministry. I've had people knock on the door. You should take that out of here, this book from Kenneth Copeland. You shouldn't mention his name publicly. People won't like you. They told us that years ago. It'll kill your church if you come alongside of it. Do you see a dead church here? No. no. Hallelujah. We got the fire of God. We're standing on it, and I don't care. We're not removing his magazines, his books, or any of his materials, and we're going to keep sewing into him because we love his ministry, and we're glad of it. I would not be standing here today if it were not for those words that, that he has taught. We have not denied those who stand for the word of God. Amen. We didn't choose a murderer. Amen. Amen. Let's come to that table in joy of the greatest sacrifice that was ever made. That this year, as it opens up, know that the very fire of God, the same Jesus that raised Christ from the dead, dwells in us. It's quickening our mortal bodies. And if we would quit quenching that fire, it'd do us some good. Now, you probably wouldn't get as excited as me, but that's all right. You don't have to be, but it's okay if you are. You know, like, well, I don't want to be like her. Well, that's all right. You don't be me, but at least let the Holy Ghost move in you. Could I have some ushers, please? So we are people who continue. We're people who endure and not like sliding through life. We're not sliding through. I'm not sliding through. We're breaking through all the time. And, and it doesn't matter how old you are. Amen. God, yeah, my, my youth renewed. Amen. Not getting under that thing. I see people like Bill Pranker just turned, I think he said 75. Is that what he turned? I don't know, something like that. Praise God. You glad to be here today? Amen. <laughs> there you go. Okay. All right, everybody stand up. We're not barren. We don't have to be. We don't have to be. We're not choosing the murderer. We're going to continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, what we've heard, what we've been taught, that it's going to work, that it's going to produce. And his harvest, his harvest.
He'll come looking for it. And he'll say, look at that. Look at that. Don't be afraid for God to look at you. Don't be afraid of the harvest he's bringing up in you. We are not ashamed. We heard that. We are not ashamed of what our God has done. We are not that. And we have been redeemed. And so they didn't just continue in the word and in the teaching, but they continued in the breaking of bread. The breaking of bread breaks open the word of God in our hearts and in our minds. When it breaks open, we see different. We walk different. We stand different. And it's a good different. It's a good different. So when he took that bread and his body, it's the represented of his body broken at the cross. And when it was broken open, it wasn't just blood that flowed. It was blood and water. Life. Life flowed. Life. We should look alive. And it's time Canada sounded alive and not just looked alive. Do you know how many people ask me if I'm American? Because <laughs> I'm loud. <laughs> it, I'm not a loud person. But I do have the fire of God. I do have the fire of God because he changed me. And I'm not ashamed. And I frankly don't care what the world has to say. Because at the end of the day, I want to hear his words say, well done. Look what he did here. Look what she did with what I put in her hand. And don't you want that to be your report? Look what he did. Look what he did when, we, when he put it in my hand. And he looks down, look what he did. Look what he did. Look what he did with what he gave me. Look at that. Hallelujah. Raise your hands. Begin to thank God. Thank you for your fire in us. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you that he helps us. Thank you for the birthing of every plan, every purpose that you've called us to. Oh, thank you for what you've given us in our hands. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You are wonderful. You are good. You are precious. You are kind. You are loving. Thank you, God. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at